Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn on. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know? I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Eddie Trunk here and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to subscribe so you do not miss an episode. And as I tell you guys each and every week, all the podcasts you hear uh, the interviews you hear, I should say, on the podcast all originated on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and heard Monday through Friday, live 3 to 5 Eastern time on Faction Talk, Sirius XM channel 103, replays nightly at midnight Eastern on 103, or listen anytime you want on demand on the Sirius XM app and get caught up on everything, audio, video, interviews, full shows, etc., be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. This week for our interview, it comes from a couple weeks ago when it aired live on my radio show, and it's with Def Leppard guitarist Phil Collin, who called in to discuss uh, talking about a new Def Leppard album, which has now just come out, called Drastic Symphonies. The band did something really interesting where they incorporated a symphony into their songs and uh, they didn't go out and do it live. They kind of meshed it all together. Phil will explain more in the interview you're about to hear. Now, since this interview was done, the album is now out and available for you guys to check out and Def Leppard are currently touring in Europe with Motley Crue. So this week on the podcast, we thought it'd be good timing to bring you the interview with Phil Collin of Def Leppard since the album he was calling in to promote is now available. Here's how that talk went on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. 
with nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. All right, we have Phil Collin now, so let's go to him here on Trunk Nation and uh, welcome him to the show. Phil, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm good. How's the family? Everyone, great. Everyone. So, yeah, all good. Send my best to your wife, Helen. It's always uh, nice to see her whenever I get a chance to see you. And, uh... Everybody's hanging in there. That's great to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, all good. So I got to tell you, man, this Drastic Symphonies record seemed to have come out of nowhere, and I had a chance to listen to it a little bit, and I I got a lot of questions about it because I find it really, really interesting. But when did you guys uh, do this, Phil, and who had the idea to merge Leopard Music with, with an orchestra? So while we were doing um, the last album, Diamond Star Halos, we just finished it and we, we were going into London to figure out, you know, release. And that's where our record company Universal. It's based in London. So I think first off, me and Mike Kobayashi went over it. Mike's our manager, as you know. And uh, we went and met with uh, Anton Corbin, who, who done the amazing photos for, for the album and everything and, and met with a video director. So it was, we just went over for that really. And then, um, the, someone from the record label said, you know, we're doing this kind of series of albums where we get the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and we blend them with, with the artists. And we've done a couple. And there was a couple. There was a Beach Boys one and there was a Queen one where they, they it was just the orchestra doing their thing. And um, well, I remember saying, this, if, if we're going to do this, we want to be totally involved. We're not going to let anyone kind of mess with our stuff. You know, we're artists and we're really precious about our, our stuff, you know. So um, that was it. That was the, the thing. And from the get-go, that, that's what we always understood, that, that we, would, we would take control of it. We, um, we got our string arranger in, Eric Gorfan, who, who worked on Diamond Star Halos. He'd worked on a tester album that I did. Um, he'd worked on Down and Out. And, and he knew Vivian. He'd worked with him years ago. So he's our guy. He's, he's one of our team. You know, like we have, you know, Ronan McHugh does our outfront sound and he's our, our producer. So he's one of our team. We said, you know, we want, want him to do the strings. And um, that, that was it, really. And from, from that moment onwards, it, the, the teamwork was amazing. You know, it was like Nick, who, who was the producer of the whole thing, uh, was, was totally cool with it. And, and we, we kind of undertook the whole thing. We, you know, Eric would do demos on, on keyboard strings and everything. And it was so easy to go, this works, this doesn't, this works, that doesn't. You know, obviously the ballads were amazing, you know, Love Bites and... 
have you ever needed someone so bad and, you know, bring on the heartbreak. All them ones work straight away. And um, other ones didn't work. Like, let's get rocked, rock of ages, photograph, um, pour some sugar on me initially. And then, so, you know, we we just had to do that. And when we got to the to 15, when we could fill up a, you know, a, a vinyl double album, then we stopped because otherwise we could have kept going and perhaps we will get, you know, drastic too at some point, you know. You know, the thing about this, Phil, is it's not, it's not uncommon for a rock band to play gigs or do a gig with an orchestra. We've seen, I mean, going back to Deep Purple, we've seen tons of bands do it. And of course, yeah. I know Alter Bridge did it not too long ago. I mean, tons of bands have done, have done that, Metallica, everybody. But the way you guys have done this, when I first heard it was a Def Leppard album with a symphony, I assumed you did a gig somewhere and played live with it. And, and then I, I listened to it. And I, I learned about it and I realized that you, it was really a mashup of a lot of different things because you, you have the, the Royal Philharmonic playing, but then you've got you guys adding certain new instrumentation and vocal parts, but also the, patched into all of that is some of the original recordings. So it's really three different pieces coming together on these songs, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, that was really the thing. You know, we, we didn't want to just do the same old. So we didn't want to be like a product. You know, there's, there's a lot of bands out there and they, they, they do this thing. And we've never been like that. You know, otherwise we wouldn't spend three years and, you know, God knows how many millions of dollars on, on records. You know, it's, it's very important to us to kind of keep that kind of as, as a real importance in, in our career. So it, this was great. Honestly, we, we loved how it turned out. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done it. And, and you know, and again, even the selection and everything, it was like, you know, Ronan would re, you know, EQ the sound so that it would be in context, like the drums and the bass. You know, if you recall something from 1980 and, and you're in a, a studio, you know, Abbey Road Studios, actually, that's where we recorded the, the orchestra. Um, it, it's going to be different. You know, we've had all this technology. And, and so you, you need to kind of bump it up. And instead of just mastering it, you have to go in there and, and kind of get a bit dirty and kind of, you know, re-EQ it and everything, so everything's in context. Also, the, the bombastic... Like, I'll give you a great example. We've we done Too Late for Love off, off the Pyromania album. Uh, um, when we did the original, you know, there's a guitar part going down, 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 down. So Joe's like, somewhere in the distance. I hear the so that works great. Take the guitars out, and you've got a, a cello playing that part, and all of a sudden, it's out of context. So, you know, Joe went in and sung somewhere in the distance, just in context, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's how that whole, whole album was. And, you know, I've got to say, Joe's such an amazing singer. Well, he always has been, but he's so much better now than he was when he sung that, when he was in his, you know, early 20s. He, he's just got so much more experience, as we all have. And, yeah, again, one of the reasons why we're still around is we, we, we're better than we ever were. So it's like, yeah, we want to kind of show that off, I guess, or at least share it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And and again, I, I love how you did this. It's so unique. It's so cool. And again, I'm just being honest. I'm usually not a fan of hard rock bands doing this because I find, and it, it feels like to me, like they're trying to crowbar in orchestra parts where it's not needed or you don't want it or it takes away the, the edge of the song. There's very few times where for me it's worked, but the way you guys I, have done this, 
And, and it's it's like Joe is actually at times almost duetting with himself from 82 and now. <laughs> it's just so well, he cool did. to he, hear that like he that. He did do that. On, on, the, on that song, on, on Too Late Flow, on the, on the original version, that was me doing the duet on, on, the, on the end part where he goes, there's a lady over there. She's acting. And so he went in and, and done my part. So he's doing it, the new him and the old him, which was kind of cool you know it's and, and it's like sounds great so I'm, I'm not not worried that i got taken out but it's it's <laughs> it's really cool and it's about the song you know but the other thing i i totally agree with you about the crowbar and it always sounds a bit um there's a lack of integrity and it sounds it seems like a product and you know what i mean it's like it, it, it's it's yeah. record company it's corporate it's all of this stuff we didn't do that and i think one of the key elements was the fact that we got eric core fan he's who's our guy you know he's like part of the band he's, he's our he's our string guy he's like you know i'm i play guitar vivian plays guitar we all sing rick plays drums sad plays bass eric does the strings so and that that's it so when when you look at it from that point of view other bands don't really have that you know they've got they get some dude in i mean we've used great string arrangers on on stuff before you know we had michael Kamen done uh love and hate collide on two steps behind we've done um David Campbell, who done you know Aerosmith and all of that stuff, who's Beck, you know Beck the artist's dad, David Campbell, and yeah, we done let let me be the one, and that was that was incredible, and obviously Craig Pruis, who done Turns to Dust, uh, done the original version of that, amazing. He done a lot of the Bollywood stuff, and so we've had really cool guys, but but with Eric, he's like I said, he's he's, he's like a band member, so he knows what we want, and he's very closely in cahoots with Ronan McHugh. Who, who kind of was pretty much going through everything with a fine tooth comb. So that's the big difference. It's actually coming from us as opposed to them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it really is. It's a really, really cool thing. And the thing that also I thought was um, was interesting, so you, there's a wide variety within the tracks on this record. And by the way, Def Leppard's Drastic Symphonies is released on May 19th, so it comes out in a few weeks. Everybody can hear it. Uh, Animal is released now, so there's one song out from it now. But the thing that, running down the track listing and looking at it, you jumped around all over the 40-plus year catalog doing stuff you know, as early as Bringing on the Heartbreak and then more recent stuff. The album opens with a track from Slang, which is kind of a sleeper in the Def Leppard catalog, but a record that I like a lot. And you, so you, t you touched on that before about figuring out what songs you were going to do on this and what would lend themselves to this kind of treatment. And the one song, Phil, that I went to immediately that I was real curious about was Pour Some Sugar on Me because it's arguably the biggest song in your catalog. And I'm sure you oh, wanted definitely. to represent it, but you had to figure out how the hell would orchestration work with that. And there is people's minds are going to be blown because it is a radically different version of the song that you hear it in a totally different light. So talk about figuring out how to do that one the way you did it. Well, obviously, it is our biggest song and, and, and the label. And, and, you know, like I said, we are working very close. And it was so brilliant. It was seamless. There was no problems at all. And they said, look, we really want you to do like that or Armageddon or Photograph. And they didn't work. The, the demo, you know, it was like it sounded kind of ridiculous. When, when you play that guitar riff on cellos or something, dum, dum, da, 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 it just sounded comical. And you, you can't really have that. If you want to be a cool-ass rock and roll band, you can't be comical or, or like have a parody of you. And that's what it sounded like. So we kind of waited on that. We thought, oh, I don't know if we're going to get around this. And Rick Savage said, 
well, what about that version that M. Griner did? And M. Griner's a, a Canadian artist. She's a, a singer-songwriter, amazing. We've known her for years. Um, she, she was doing backing vocals with David Bowie. Uh, Joe met her uh, through Mike Garson. This is like 20 years ago. Uh, and the producer who was doing, doing the David stuff said, oh, check, check out this, this thing that, that M. done. And she'd done a piano version of, of Pour Some Children. It was that one. And, the, um, you know, Sab said, well, what about that version? And so Joe gave her a call. She'd done a piano vocal version, sent it to us. He duetted with her. He, he sung to her version. And then, uh, and then we added the strings and, and, and done all that stuff. And that really works lovely. It was um, all of a sudden it, it kind of it didn't sound ridiculous. It actually it put a new light on the song. You know, it was, we always loved her version. I mean, I remember seeing it on some TV show up in Canada and she was just sitting behind the piano and, and just, it was just beautiful. And, you know, all the um, innuendos on the vocal and everything, it just, it just changed what the, the song was about. Instead of like seeing girls on, on stripper poles and dancing and all that stuff, it just <laughs> put it into a, into a different kind of format or context. And uh, uh, so that it was totally cool. did. It totally yeah. did, and and so that's her voice. There's a woman's voice on the song, and I was going to ask you who that was. So that's her and her performance when she did a remake of it. Yeah, so we she done it specifically for this album. So it's a brand new recording. Um, it. Yeah, her name's M. Griner. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's fine. It's it, it, it you li- it, I mean, it is a t- when and again, it's not released yet, so we can't play it for you yet. But it is a. Like everybody in the world knows, pour some sugar on me, and and like we said, it's the band's biggest song. But this is a completely different take on it. And hearing hearing Joe sing that with her, and and like Eve, I'm gonna be honest with you, I've heard pour some sugar on me a billion times, and that's one of those songs where people always get lyrics wrong. Like you're not quite oh, yeah. sure what the lyric is, and you clearly hear like as I'm listening to it, I'm like. Oh, that's what he's saying. Like, I, I realize, like, you know, what? It, it's just a totally different take on the song. It's so cool. It, I mean, even I get the lyrics wrong on that one when we're playing it live. <laughs> so, you know, that's, <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine. Yeah. So, no, it's great, actually. So, oh, it's that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, and then there's stuff on here like Gods of War, which, you know, you can imagine how cool this uh, symphony sounds in that. And then I was super psyched because you know how much I love High and Dry. And you, you put Heartbreak on here, but you left Switch, you put included Switch. And to hear that with some, some uh, orchestration in it, which is such a guitar assault, was really cool as well. That's one of my favorites, actually, the, the Switch one. You know, it's like, and, and I'm actually not even playing on that's the original. Um, underneath there there's some you know pete willis and steve clark are playing on that but it's like oh wow just great yeah so I, I love that paper sun yeah actually a lot of that and you know kings of the world just you know reminds me of bohemian rhapsody you know it's like there's so much on there that's like um just that we could be real fanboy about you know it's that that was the thing and it's like because it's our project we can make it sound however we wanted so, so we kind of did and it, it was just it's just a wonderful experience, I've got to say. I know you guys are touring and, and have been touring and doing the, the co-headline with Motley Crue. I know there's a ton more of that coming up. You're about to go to Europe with that and everything. But have you thought about and entertained the idea when you get through that, like 
maybe finding a place where you could go, uh, maybe something like Royal Albert Hall or something like that, where you could go in and, and would like to actually play these arrangements of these songs live with an orchestra? So what I'd like, and I'm still waiting for the invite, but I guess we've got to wait till the album's out officially. I'd like to do Royal Albert Hall with the London you know, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, Sydney Opera House with the Sydney Philharmonic, you know, Carnegie Hall or Hollywood Bowl with the LA Philharmonic, you know, do that round with Berlin Symphony Hall you, with, with the, you know, with the orchestra of, of the town or the city where we're at. So I, that would be amazing if we imagine a world tour like that. I don't know how, um, you know, how much that would cost. You wouldn't have to travel with an orchestra. You just kind of plug into to whoever, as everyone sight reads. I mean, when they, when the guy's done, guys and girls did this one you know they they were just reading it we were actually in abbey road studios when they done it and it was it was mind-blowing we were recording it on our iphones and everything it was like whoa yeah because you could just hear them we couldn't hear you know the the, the music because there was the conductor and um yeah we we were just blown away so that would be absolutely that would tick a box so again you know you have to be waited you have to wait for a, a promoter or someone to come up with that idea but uh yeah, we'd, we'd be mad for that. Or even, even a, a residency or something somewhere would be really super cool with a, with an orchestra. So absolutely, yeah. We, we've got this year, as obviously kind of done, because it's us and Motley, which I'm loving, by the way. This is the, it's the best thing. It's like, a, you know, I've known all the guys from Motley Crue since 1983, and, and we've been friends, and it's like just really nice as, as adults, you know, going through all everything that everyone went through, coming out the other side and just really kicking ass. It's, it's just really much, so much fun. Yeah, I mean, no, well, I want to ask you about that, but one before we get to that, uh, one final thing on the record and the orchestra stuff. Was there any video content shot of this? I mean, I would be, I would love to see like a a documentary of the orchestra playing, or or just even a thirty minute piece about how it came together. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, some insights into the studio and seeing it all mesh together, or or even music videos. I mean, is there any video content associated with this? There's tons of it you know because um you know ryan sebastian who does is our filming guy you know talking about the team he's he's our he's our videographer he does all the interviews he does everything you know he's just constantly on on the go so he recorded a bunch and there was a company uh with something to do with a record label that that were in there documenting the whole thing i mean a lot of this stuff happens and you forget you know i, I forget that there's a camera in my face or up my ass or wherever it is you know it's like someone there all the time so we, we kind of get used to it but there's, there's, there was a lot going on and that there is actually all, all the time whenever we're doing anything as we know you know in this day and age someone's recording everything whether it's a ctv tv in the street or someone on an iphone but we do officially have some stuff as well so hopefully yeah that'll, that'll be coming out at some point as well all right. Well, we we'll look forward to that. You know, and uh, as far as the, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody knows you, you're through the stadium tour dates with Motley here in America. Those are behind you now. And um, I mean, that took forever to get in because of COVID and all the starts and stops and all of that. Now taking that over to Europe and you're going to be with those guys for uh, for a bit. Once you're through the co-headline stuff with Motley, is there a leopard plan beyond that as far as playing? Do you do you have any other plans? Or are you just going to focus on that for this year and then figure it out? We, we're so busy. Like we we got a book coming out uh, called Definitely, which is the official uh, Def Leppard story um, Genesis book. So it's like really, you know, really high endy kind of lovely, you know, 
photo gallery, you know, Ross Alfin, Anton Corbin, all, all the photographers that have used us, but mainly Ross stuff because he's, he's been, you know, with us this whole time. Um, right from, you know, early 80s right up until kind of now. So um, that's, that's really cool. That's coming out. There's a graphic novel that, that we're doing that's coming out on Vault Comics. So we're, we're just getting into that right now. But yeah, there's so much. And it's, uh, again, it's so, so exciting. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there's some dates being, you know, floating around for next year as well. Um, and we've got music. You know, we, we had a few songs that we didn't finish when we were doing Diamond Star Halos. And, and, and again, you know, like I said, this, this, the Drastic Symphonies thing, you know, seeing how that goes, you know, there's there's it would easily be enough stuff for a drastic part too, you know, if, if ever that come about. And uh, again, like I said, you know, if we're waiting for offers for, for that kind of uh, world tour with that as well. So yeah, we, we're just kind of, we're going to be busy all, all of next year as well. I'm sure. You know, I was just with Viv a couple weeks ago in, in Vegas. I hosted his, um, his release party for the new last in line record and right. uh, that was that was great. We had a great time there, and he came over to my place, and we we hung out. It was it was awesome. Um, you you of course have done some great stuff outside of Leopard as well, Man Rays and and things like that. Any of that stuff that you want to revisit at some point that's in the works? Any of the uh, outside projects? I mean, yeah, but um, I I kind of you know Def Leopard kind of sucked all the oxygen out of the room. You know, it's, that's that's kind of you know. That's, that's the main thing. So sure. I was doing, I was getting some stuff together for actually we were going to release all of the Man Ray stuff um, on a label and, and maybe a new song. And there was a Delta Deep album that we had enough material for a whole album. So that was another thing, but it's, it's just getting around to do it. You know, all of a sudden everything exploded, you know, post COVID it was like, what everything about that, you know, I, I constantly, you know, I'm 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 probably on about three hours a day of interviews every day now. I mean, Zoom ones all around the world, and, and God knows what, which is cool. You know, it's promoting stuff that um that I'm really you know passionate about and proud of, and you know created it with with my buddies and everything. So really excited about that. So like I said, that that's really kind of sucked all the oxygen out in a good in a really good way. You know. Sure, of course. And the last thing, Phil, and it ties in with what you just said. And I really thought about this. I mean, the opening track on this drastic symphonies comes from the slang album. And it took me back to thinking, you know, I I've been in this business now doing what I do. This is my 40th year. So I've seen it all. And I've seen all the ebbs and flows and ups and downs for so many of these bands. And, you know, people forget, I mean, as big as Def Leppard is right now, and it wasn't always that way. And, you know, around the time when slang was released and in that mid and early nineties, it was so brutal for rock bands from the eighties, even if you were as big as yourself or Motley Crue or whoever. And I have always, and I'm not just saying this because you're a friend and you're on the air with me. I give you guys so much respect because I can't think of a band that hung in there more and put more work into like, you know, driving right into, you know, right into the headwind and keep persevering to rebuild the the band and the brand to the level it's at now. I mean, you guys put in an extraordinarily, extraordinary amount of work to get the band to the level it's at once again. And, uh, you know, I give you all the credit for the world that that could not have been easy. It was almost like starting again, coming off of all of that. And you guys are back to being on top again. It's incredible. Well, thank you so much. But I, I always always when anyone says that kind of stuff they go well how'd you do that I said, when i left school i worked in a factory just for a year and 
that was really hard. So, you know, crawling back to a modicum of, you know, acceptance, let alone success, uh, and under your own terms, and you're writing music and you're playing music in front of people every day, is still a dream come true. And, you know, me working in a factory making burglar alarms wasn't a dream come true. So even clawing your way back, playing in front of 15 people or, you know, however many it was, was still part of that dream. So I always kind of reference that, and, and that kind of always makes me feel great. So we never really worried about it. Well, I mean, obviously did it kind of sucked when we, we're playing like state fairs and stuff after having sold, you know, having two diamond albums, two albums that went 10 times platinum, and we're playing in a, a field somewhere. But um, the perseverance and I think the integrity of, of the band, we always had faith in it, and we, we always had faith in each other. And, and that's, that's it. And like I said, you know, it's like Joe, the way he sings now is just incredible. And it's like a lot of people, they give up before they reach their full potential. And we never did. We kept going. And it's like, and, and this does, I'm, I'm, this, I hope this doesn't come over as kind of egotistical. My favorite band is Def Leppard. My favorite singer is Joe. My favorite guitar player is me. You know, it's like, and if that's not the case, then dude, you're in the wrong band. Do you know what I mean? It's so, so there's always that kind of um, element that, that kind of keeps that, that integrity, you know, above, above the, you know, the, the water level, if you like. Yeah, no, totally. But I think what happens is, is that I, I, people see Leopard now and they see out there doing the stadiums. They're like, oh, well, they were always huge. And yeah, in the 80s, you guys were huge. But I think people forget and maybe younger people don't realize the work that had to go in to rebuild this thing. Yeah. I mean, you had managers bail on you. I'm sure you had agents and record companies and everyone. Uh, you guys, yeah. picked, you dusted yourself off and you 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 put in a tremendous amount of work touring constantly, not always the best situations, whatever you had to do to get it to this point. Because you know there were a lot of bands from that era that sit there and you know sat on their sofas and cried about it and all of that. You guys kept making records. You kept going out there and playing. You kept pushing it. And uh, that's a testament to the hard work that's always been a hallmark of Leopard, even before you were in the band. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's that working class background. You know, it's our, our parents and it's like, you know, World War Two. you know, that's a survival that, you know, blowing up the cities where they lived and all that. And I think there's a value system that kind of filtered down to us. You know, we were literally the next generation. We would hear these stories about going down the air raid shelters while, while someone's blowing the house up that, that killed the person next door or something. You know, so, so there was all of that. And you go, whoa. And, and then we come out, yeah, worked really hard. And I think that's just part of our DNA, you know. Well, listen, man, it's great to visit with you. I'm glad you guys are doing so well. Send my best to everybody. I think I'm going to see Rick because I'm about to uh, leave for the Monsters of Rock cruise next week. And I Rick's always on that doing stuff and selling his art. I hope he's doing well, but I think I'm going to be seeing him uh, as soon as tomorrow. So uh, I'll see oh, him. Great. And I, yeah, he's always on the cruise. I know, I know you guys did the one Def Leppard cruise and uh, everyone would love to see another one of those, but I know that's probably not likely, but uh, oh, Rick yeah, that, still- that ain't going to happen. No, we had it. We had an awful time. It was, it was like just <laughs> everything that could go wrong went wrong. So yeah, you know, uh, but we, Rick, you know, Rick, Rick Jimmy, is not Jimmy Bain as well. Yeah, Rick's not turned off to cruising, though. We see him all the time. We have a great time on the on the ship on Monsters of Rock, so I'll be seeing him. And terrible what happened to him recently, but I'm glad he's rebounding as well. And uh, oh, send yeah, my best yeah. to everybody else as well. And safe travels uh, in Europe with uh, with Motley. Well, thank you. Yeah, and have, have fun on the cruise. Yeah, until Rick, I'll see him next week or the week after, whenever it is. And, um, 
Yeah, have a blast. Well, well congrats on this. You, talking to you, yeah. Yeah, congrats on this album, too. Again, May 19th, <laughs> Def Leppard, Drastic Symphonies. Really cool different takes on uh, a lot of Def Leppard songs you know, and then maybe some, unless you're a hardcore fan, you might not know. But it's it's really, really good stuff. And uh, I always say, if you're going to mess around with your catalog, do something really different to it. And you guys really did. So congrats on that. Take care, Phil. I'll see you soon, I hope. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Take care. Cheers. Have fun. Bye-bye. Well, big thanks to Phil Collin. Appreciate him checking in. Check out Drastic Symphonies. A really cool, interesting take that those guys did on uh, some of their classic songs incorporating a symphony into them. And there you just heard Phil telling you all about it. Be sure to join me live Monday through Friday for Trunk Nation, talking rock with you, taking your calls, many, many guests. If you only listen to the podcast, you're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on the radio. So join me every day for Trunk Nation, live 3 to 5 Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 103 Faction Talk, anytime on the Sirius XM app, nightly re-airs on 103 at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific. Thank you all for listening. Have a great, great holiday weekend if you're in the U.S. for Memorial Weekend. And I'm back next Thursday with another new podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And, of course, again, on the radio with you guys every weekday. Take care. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.